Hello and welcome to this episode of Travel Stories from the Back Again and Gone podcast, being recorded on March 3rd in the beautiful Fairfield Inn and Suites, Jacksonville, Florida. It's once again time for the monthly Crazy Travel Roundup. Thanks for listening. Hello, if you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a returning listener, welcome back. It is once again time for the February Crazy Travel Roundup, and Chris Brown is back with us again. And due to my January crazy travel schedule, we missed last month, and that falls squarely on my shoulders. So as we jump into this, the 500-pound virus in the room is the coronavirus. At this point, most of the airlines are eliminating cancellation and change fees due to the virus. Many of the U.S. victims aboard the Diamond Princess cruise ship have been let loose, but they are still in some sort of quarantine. I think last time I checked, there was like 83 people in voluntary isolation in Nassau County, New York. Several global events have been postponed or canceled. The Mobile World Cance uh, Congress cancel has canceled Facebook believe it or not, has canceled its global marketing summit. Milan's uh, largest furniture fair in the world is canceled. Fashion Week in Beijing is canceled. Basel World, for all you watch nerds, has been canceled. The Chinese Grand Prix is canceled. And China announced earlier this week it would postpone its key annual gathering of lawmakers scheduled to take place in March. And as of March 3rd today, nine Americans have died from the coronavirus, which translates to we will certainly have a few coronavirus stories this month. So, Chris, has the coronavirus impacted your travel yet? Uh, yes, it has, Steve. Um, it has been... It's been pretty intense um, to update some of that other information. You know, it came out today that Seattle has now declared a state of emergency uh, with everything that's going on. I'm seeing a lot of our shows that we go to in, in, in my industry go uh, down the tubes uh, for some very big players. It has started to impact the business cycle. We had a uh, sales call a little bit earlier this week. And here's the reality, though, as much of the news that's coming out that it's horrific, the way to really look at it is probably that it's just a really angry, mean, bad flu. Uh, the coronavirus has been around for a very long time, right? We're on version 19. It, it's, we've, we've fought off this thing for, right, millennium or, or more. And I think that if we all just settle back and take some really good common sense approach to the way we travel, I think we'll be good to go. Um, I've read articles like, you know, take the window seats in planes instead of the uh, aisle seats or the middle seats because they get you further away from possible contamination. You know, the hand sanitizers. I'm in Dallas this week and they have literally sold out of hand sanitizer here. You can't put your hands on it, literally, figuratively speaking, no joke intended, but uh, yeah, we're starting to see some signs of it, but I think if we're, if we stay vigilant and be aware 
and uh, just do some common sense things against the flu, then uh, might be able to shake this. Be sure to take the vitamins, get plenty of rest, get lots of water. Just be aware. Don't do anything crazy. If you don't have to be around a ton of people, don't be around a ton of people. That's kind of how it's affected us. There you go. And, and and for me, I am not a germaphobe, but I actually, I flew in and out of Atlanta last week. And as I was taking the escalator up to the SkyTrain out to the rental center, I had my hands on the handrail. And for once in my life, I'm actually thinking this probably isn't the best thing to be doing right now. <laughs> I travel with a guy occasionally that that is a germaphobe and he is known to routinely pull the air conditioning filters out of air conditioning units and spray them down with Lysol. Um, may not be such a bad idea, so, uh, but that's just my two cents. I, but thankfully I am not a germaphobe. We haven't really had anything corporate wide come out other than like what you're saying is just be vigilant, you know, try not to put yourself into the situation, but you're right. I was actually at the Publix the other day. And if you flip over a can of Lysol on the back under all the mouse print, it does actually talk that it protects against the human coronavirus. So you're right. It, this has been around for a while. For some reason, you know, I, I saw a meme the other day that in, you know, 2004, 2005, it was SARS and it was West Nile. You know, there's always something out to kill us. <laughs> and so I guess the uh, 2020 death of choice is the coronavirus. But nevertheless, I you know, nine people have perished already, I think that there's probably going to be more to come, unfortunately. So, yeah. All right. On to the crazy travel. Are you drinking tonight, Chris? Uh, yes, I was a little earlier, Steve. So I'm quite relaxed and ready for our podcast extraordinaire. All right. Well, I am, unfortunately, I'm not drinking local. I am having, I usually try to drink local. I'm doing a Sierra Nevada hot bullet double IPA, which is 8% alcohol out of, uh, Mills river, North Carolina. So that's about as local as I can get being stationed in Jacksonville for a couple of days. Very first story comes to us from Boing Boing. It is gentlemen arrested for using mice and hamsters to get free hotel rooms. Utah police say Ryan State, age 37, scored free hotel rooms by releasing mice and hamsters in the room and then demanding a free room to compensate him for the horror of sharing a room with a rodent. From KUTV, State would point out feces left by the rodents, a probable cause statement says. Hotels are forced to contact pest control when animals and feces are found in rooms. Police say State and his gang of rodents, gang of rodents, caused damage to several hotel rooms. So right off the bat, immediately I conjured up uh, Richard Gear thought, <laughs> but that's kind of how my mind goes. What says you, Chris? I thought maybe the man was arrested because he made a faux pas and turned to one of the rats and called him Willard. So I think uh, that's what I had in my head. Maybe this guy, he's graduated from the cockroaches in the salad. So this is quite an unusual and, and original twist. Yeah. Wow. The things people will do just get free hotel rooms. You know, you can just sign up for any of these services and you can get free rooms. Does this guy realize this? So, you know, Marriott, Hyatt, Hilton, all of them, they'll give you free rooms. You just got to stay there a couple of times. 
it is pretty scary what people do just to to spend the night in a hotel. Crazy. And, and, and I'm curious as to how many constitutes a gang of rodents. I don't know what that threshold is. <laughs> and what damage did they could they possibly have done to a hotel room? And most of it had to have been within six inches of the floor. I mean, talking about rodents, and we're talking about mice and hamsters. Yeah. yeah. Um, not not leaving a big uh, not leaving a big trail can't be doing that much. So I'm sure we'll have a follow up to this in probably next month. But hey, you got to give the guy points for like you said creativity. But hey, do yourself a favor, join the frequent stay club, and like Chris said, after three or four stays, you'll probably get a free room without having to haul around some mice and hamsters. Our next story, this one was pretty interesting. So man kicked off flight. For wearing a gas mask. This again comes from us to us from Boing Boing. So a man was kicked off an American Airlines flight Thursday after putting on a gas mask and refusing to remove it. Other passengers began to quote unquote panic, according to reports, and the flight was delayed an hour until he was kicked off. Joseph Say posted a photo of the masked man on Twitter. Mr. Say said he initially thought the gas mask was related to the new coronavirus, which has killed 259 people in China. But then I noticed it didn't have a filter, so that didn't really make sense, he added. What we heard from the lady sitting next to him was he said he wanted to make a statement. I don't know what that statement was, Mr. Say said. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Say, Mr. Say said that's almost a, a tongue twister in itself. It is. And Sally's selling sea cells on the seashore. So. And, and I know enough people in my life that don't have filters, um, and, and I come across them on a fairly frequent basis. You know, this kind of reeks of the prepper syndrome. Yes. Uh, we know the guy that's all stashing food in his backyard and ammo and, and whatnot. Yeah. Right up to the point where it, the mask didn't have a filter, and immediately it made me think, I am broken. It made me think of this dude has really got some kind of kink to think that this is all right. <laughs> yeah, the wanted to make a statement. I read that, and I was like, what, that you're a moron that you buy a mask without a filter on it? Or that you're, like you said, there's just some kind of weird kink he's got going on. It reminded me, I was having a conversation uh, with a mutual friend of ours, and uh, it was with the coronavirus, right, as the backdrop for this statement. Then this article kind of brought it home. It was rather amusing. He goes, you know what I'm thinking is, I'm going to go buy a mask too, but I'm going to get one of those black plague masks that looks like a crow's head with a big beak on them and <laughs> walk around with one of those. <laughs> it's just like... Well, Don, that is kind of kind of a twist on things. Uh, at least then they know you weren't really going after the filter. Here's a safety tip for everybody wanting to go buy a mask. The CDC said, don't do it. Okay, CDC said that the mask is really going to protect everybody from you, not you from the little teeny tiny particles that can still make it through. So this guy's statement, yeah, was just really on, on the putts is well, what that was there. And it's funny you bring that up. Even before all the coronavirus, when I would see people, and, and we're, we're both in airports on a regular basis, yeah. anytime I see somebody with a mask, I'm always wondering, is that to protect me from you 
are you from me? I've just, I've just, it's always made me wonder what the heck's up with the mask. But <laughs> yeah, that guy's still answering that question. Oh, all right. This next one went viral, viral. And I just, I picked up on Boing Boing, who, who's actually, Boing Boing's getting better at a lot of the travel information than all the blogosphere sites. This one is plane passenger says she's reporting seat puncher to the FBI. Wendy, with an I, Williams, a passenger on the American Airlines flight, says she is complaining to the FBI about who man who had been sitting behind her and continuously punching her seat because she had reclined it. Williams says that she called a flight attendant about the puncher, and the flight attendant sympathized with the puncher and gave him free alcohol because his seat was unable to recline. Not necessarily a bad deal. Williams recounted the incident in a series of tweets, starting with, after much consideration and exhausting every opportunity for American Airlines to do the right thing, I've decided to share my assault from the passenger behind me and the further threats from an American Airlines flight attendant. She offered him a complimentary cocktail. So this is what happens, Steve, when you start giving trophies to kids just for participating. This is the kind of mentality that takes over where this, you know, and by the way, I've got two takes on this story. One, I disagree with the flight attendant giving alcohol to someone who's already punching a seat because as we both joke, what could possibly go wrong? The second part is Wendy had me. Right up to the point where she's taken this to the FBI. Okay, this is one of the most viral stories so far this uh, calendar year, in my opinion. Right, it ripped, and everybody knows about it, and everybody's got their opinions whether you agree with this guy, disagree with him, whatever. But she at least had the sympathy vote until she escalates it so high as to take this to the FBI. Like they're going to stoop down and investigate this guy? No. We've got bigger fish to fry, and that's where she lost me. So now I just look at the story and go, pity that so many just dumb and weird people were involved in this story. I, I, I don't know. Weird. Weird. I'm, I'm with you. There is a point where people go too far that all, you know, it's the principle of it. No, it's not. It's you want your 15 minutes of fame or whatever it is. And I've been on I've been on a lot of Southwest flights where people have swapped seats, especially going in and out of Orlando, where there's you know a family of I don't know twelve, and they all want to sit in the same three rows, and somebody will give up their seat so you know mom and the kids can sit together, and the flight attendant will give them a, a complimentary drink. I get that. Yeah, if this guy's already you know doing uh, Mike Tyson on the back of the seat, I think probably the last thing he needs is uh, is a little bit more coaxing in that department. A couple of years ago, there were those, I don't remember what, I don't remember the brand name, but you could actually put them, if, for the person in front of you, you could attach them to the, to the back of their seat so they could not recline. And those were quickly outlawed because of incidents like this. Personally, for me, I don't work on planes. I don't, I, I've got a, a Surface tablet that maybe I'll use because I've seen too many guys, and there was actually one this week in the news that have their laptops crushed because the guy in front of them decides to recline. 
And, and, and I don't know, a lot of people don't know, but this guy was in the back row of the plane. Mm. So his seat didn't recline. So he was probably, and, and myself being of larger carriage, yeah, I would probably feel a little bit cramped, but I'm certainly not going to take it out on the back of the seat. All right. So this next story, I don't know whether to be more offended by the fact that it exists or that I'm about to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is from One Mile at a Time. Marriott is now email marketing thongs. Yep. Marriott is sending some Bonvoy members, of which I am one, by the way, love is in the air emails encouraging them to discover Valentine's Day gifts for the one you love. They are promoting the addition, all caps, online store, which sells everything from Le Labo toiletries to faux fur throws to bowling balls. And these are even explicitly called out in the marketing material. This sidelight, I think marketing-wise, yeah, that's better than a bowling ball. So lingerie sells. A black lace thong makes the perfect cheeky gift, they say. Going to the Edition Shop website, the thong is described as follows. The Valentine New York City thong, exclusively created for Edition Hotels, is just the essential you need for life's unexpected turns. Featured in our mini bars, this luxuriously soft and stretchy mid-rise lingerie was designed to feel like a second skin. A wide stretch lace waistband and mesh and cotton body gently adorns the body for ultimate comfort. Lord help us. What stands out to me is the sentence, the mini bar, right? <laughs> because if I open up the you know overpriced mini bar and I've got a choice between cashews and a thong, I'm now quite in a predicament. And, <laughs> and dear God, if I was to buy the CEO of Chateau Relaxo a thong, the chances of me getting it right and it being the right everything inside the mini bar, well, there's two chances, none and less than none. So, but you got you got to admire the marketing on this one. It makes the perfect cheeky gift. So, and you know, last year when when uh, Marriott really changed up their program into the the Bonvoy, people were talking about being Bonvoyed. Uh, this might be a perfect opportunity for somebody to be Bonvoyed. <laughs> uh, well, following up on that one is from View from the the Wing. The resort fee at this share. This is in case the whole thong thing doesn't go your way. The resort fee at this Sheridan includes telling your kids you're getting divorced. Res resort fees are extra charges on top of the room rate. And living in Florida, we have them. They aren't optional. In other words, they're part of the price of the room, but the hotel advertises a lower price instead of the full price. Marriott CEO Ann Sorensen says the deceptive practice of resort fees is justified because his chain insists that hotels provide packages that add to a value of a guest's stay. Well, 
at the Sheridan Princess in Waikiki, the $33 per night resort fee includes a kiki, which is, I guess, Hawaiian, for child gift upon request. They don't give you the gift unless you ask for it, but since uh, Jamie Laronis was paying for it, he asked. The hotel delivered. A book is his gift. Dinosaurs, divorce, a guide for changing families. That's right. The resort fee included a surprise gift intended to let children know that their parents are breaking up. Hawaii used to be a romantic destination, but resort fees at the Princess Kalea turns it into something far darker. All I have to say here is Marriott CEO Arnie Sorensen, what the hell are you thinking? It's if you're going to force, I expect. I just paid a resort fee last week uh, where I was for training, right? All week, seven days. That includes like a buy one, get one drink, endless amounts of towels, water, access to the gym, high-speed internet, all these kind of things. Not to tell my kids things aren't working out well for mom and dad or may not work out well with mom and dad. This is just – this is beyond the pale. This is really weird. Between this and the panties – uh, Marriott's got some serious issues and I'm a Marriott guy I've been for decades I love them to death but lately I don't know what they're thinking but uh, a dinosaur's divorce guide as if that's going to soften the punch to the gut of the child is <laughs> just it's weird man uh, I, I don't see their angle on this one I, I don't know if this ends well things aren't working out for mom and dad but here's a book <laughs> So, and actually, actually, we were at, we stayed down by Disney Springs a couple of weeks ago and paid the the resort fee, which Hilton, due to whatever lifetime diamond that I have, gets refunded. Here's what my resort fee got. This you'll love this. So we check in, we open up the fridge to put our diet cokes in there because we don't want to spend three bucks a bottle. Yeah, and we find the previous patrons' food in our fridge. Two styrofoam containers and half a uh, drink cup of Starbucks frappa frappa BS, whatever. So call down to the front desk, say, hey, by the way, you know, we checked in. And the, the fridge really did reek. Called down to the front desk, explained the situation. They go, oh, we're very sorry. Said, we're going out to dinner tonight. We'll be back later on. You know, no worries. Well, we go back, and sure enough, guess what? They gave us a new fridge. And put the other person's food right back in it. <laughs> so that's what my resort fee got me just a few weeks ago. <laughs> uh, the surprises sometimes that just kill, isn't it? It's good. You stuff. can't make this stuff up. <laughs> and to end on perhaps one of the creepiest stories we've done in a long time. Thank you, Boing Boing, for respirator masks with your face printed on it. Yep. Face ID masks plan to offer a service that prints your face under respirator masks so you can unlock your phones without exposing yourself to the plague. But there's a shortage of face masks, says creator Danielle Baskin, so for now, it's just a dystopian joke. So let's examine that a little further. Adjective. Relating to or denoting an imagined state or society where there is great suffering or injustice, 
the dystopian future of a society bereft of reason. You can use it as a noun. A person who imagines or foresees a state or society where there is great suffering or injustice. A lot of those things those dystopians feared did not come true. So if it is to be a dystopian joke, in the midst of the coronavirus and one of the worst flu seasons we've had, thinking also that they're going to open an iPhone with one of these, maybe a couple of years ago, probably not today, is just creepy. And to look at some of the pics, I hope you're posting this, there's some creepy stuff where, like, the the little lady that looks like half her face was carved off and she's pasted it back on. I, I th- <laughs> It's just an uncomfortable look on the mask, although it probably would have helped with that dude on the plane earlier that decided to walk on with the black mask because he wanted to make a point. At least I'd have listened to him a little longer if I saw that half his face was still glued onto the face. So Absolutely. I mean, you've got to imagine that the marketing window, and I'm sure this is spurned on by the coronavirus, the marketing window of this has got to be very tight, right? I, I can see these guys coming on Shark Tank and Cuban going, <laughs> or, or just any. It didn't even have to be Cuban. All of them would go, what, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. The pictures are creepy and you know, there are some creative people in this world, and I oh, yeah. apparently I don't possess that gene because there's no way. I mean, it does make sense, like you said, four or five years ago with the iPhone and face recognition. You know what? This probably would have worked, probably would have spoofed it. I've seen uh, videos where guys, instead of using their, their fingerprint for their phones, will use their toe. So with that, when they're asleep, their girlfriend doesn't take their hand and try to open their phone to see who the side chick is. But I, I mean, God bless these guys for creativity. Unfortunately, they just happened to hit on this right when, guess what? There's no masks to print onto. So. Yeah. Joke's on them, actually, Steve. It's a uh, great idea while it lasted right up to, you know, January 15th. So uh, we'll see how these guys pan out. But um, I don't, you're right. I don't hold whole, high hopes that they're going to end up on the Shark Tank anytime soon. I think you nailed that. Not, not at all. Well, that is the February Crazy Travel Roundup. You got anything crazy planned for March as of yet? Uh, no. Actually, March is uh, – it, it was going to get a little crazy, but no. After we uh, come back from Dallas, we'll just be hitting the road off and on just a little bit, little you know, two-day jaunts, three-day jaunts for a little while. Going to avoid big crowds and uh, try, to, try to chill out for about 30 days. That's about the same for – I think we're going to take a – a little spring break road trip, which is always fun. We don't know where we end up. I make some random hotel reservations along the way and hope we end up there at the end of the day. Oh, that's cool. I like well, Chris, I, I, I appreciate it as always, always a pleasure. And let's shoot for the end of March and see what rolls out with the coronavirus in the next 30 days and see what else the uh, the world gives us to talk about. <laughs> that sounds great, Steve. I'm always here to serve. Thanks very much. Appreciate the time. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening and safe travels. Hey, wait a second. Don't go. Make sure you check out all the blogs over at hypeamerica.com. From food to travel to just general life humor, we cover all the topics. Thanks again.